want to welcome everybody who's watching online. It's great to have you join us as well. I think that there's nothing better than being here in person and being live, you know, and, and uh, having a relationship with each other. But if there's no other way, if you can't be here, it's great to have you join us online as well. If you ever get a chance to be here, though, I would encourage it. I think it's good for us, and uh, I think you would enjoy it. So as we go, you know, this, this whole series, Christian Politics, Shaheen was a little bit afraid of it at first. Uh, I thought it might be too controversial or it might you know, bug people. Or here's, here's the thing, we live in a, we live in a culture that we're, we're on both sides of the aisle. We have two sides of the aisle. And, and what's interesting in today's world is that that aisle's getting wider and wider and wider. And so it's hard to talk. It's hard to like, encourage one another to lead us to discover truth for ourselves when we might have a disposition opposed already. And it's, when, you, when you have a disposition that has your hands up when you're like this, it's hard to listen, it's hard to hear. And that, that doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. And then when you put Christian politics to it, you know, it can be very divisive, you know. But here's the whole point of this. It was not divisive at all. The whole point of this series has been that Christianity should guide everything that we do. What God says for our life should guide our... It's, it's not what the stock market says. It's not what politics say. It's not what, what we think we should... Not even what we learn from our parents all the time. It's what does God say? How does God say we should act? How, what does God say about making a difference in people's lives? And, and how does God want His people, Christian people, to act and think and believe and hold? And so that's what this, this is all about. And I hope that it's helpful uh, for you guys. I know it's been very uh, challenging for me. I've loved every bit of it so far. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to actually be a part of it. Uh, I was this, this last week just pondering how uh, great my life is. And I don't want you to feel bad if your life isn't as great as mine. Uh, I hope it can be. But uh, my life has is, is just been fantastic. Uh, I, I, on this last Memorial Weekend... I know that if you have a cabin or you know somebody who does, you weren't in church, I get that. Uh, but I, was, I wasn't in church either Memorial Weekend. I don't miss very many weeks at, weekends in, in a year, but this was a great opportunity to be with my family. Uh, my son has a cabin up north, and so the whole family went up to his cabin, and we had a great time, just great family time, wonderful time. The, and just, the, uh, you know, I, went, I don't have a boat, and I'm not really a fisherman, but I fish one time a year this Memorial Weekend, and so I got to go fishing with some grandkids and a nephew, and it's just fun. I just, I just loved it. You know, my, man, my life is just great, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to next Sunday. Yes, I will be here in church, but also it's 4th of July. What a great time to celebrate, you know. I won't personally be working, or, you know, you, you just get to spend time with family. You can be outside, you get, you get some special foods, and, you know, just it's just great. I just love it. I, I've had a great opportunity to travel the whole United States. I've been in every state on a motorcycle and my wife and I take trips uh, every year. Uh, next week, next a week uh, from Thursday, we're heading on a trip out to Maine and uh, we've done the whole Maine thing and all the way down the coast to South Carolina and Myrtle Beach. It, like, it's just awesome. I mean, it's, just, it's just awesome and great. I, I love every bit of it. I've had the opportunity in my lifetime to uh, hunt in national parks. I, I've hunted all over also, and it's great to be in the mountains and hunting elk or being in out west and, and hunting uh, either antelope or 
or mule deer and things like that and uh, in Texas and all over hunting whitetails and it's just been great I mean to be, to really be and I don't know about some of you but I've been to so many national parks and just to be there and, and to enjoy this incredible beauty and all that stuff I just feel so so incredibly blessed but not only that I love this place I do I, I love this place I, I just think it's great that and I know we, we take these things for granted sometimes, and that's why I'm, I'm bringing this up for us to just think about. We take for granted that we have a great church to go to, and uh, I know you think it's great because you're still here, okay? All the ones who didn't are gone. But, you know, I, I think it's a great church. I think it's wonderful. It's it's great environment, and, and it's very challenging messages, incredible band. It's just, it's just awesome. I, I love the fact that this building is right on 95 up for the world to see, and I love inviting people here, and, and I, just, I just wish everybody would. I think the more the merrier, you know, kind of, kind of a deal, and I, I love this church. And not only from when, uh, when I was the pastor of it, I, I don't love it any more uh, now than then or then now. I, I love it the, the same way. But I want to publicly make a statement that uh, Shaheen is a great pastor, but you need to know this. I taught him everything he knows. Okay? Everything. However, I will admit, he has improved on all of it. And uh, gonna, this church is just an awesome place to, to be. He hasn't ruined it yet. I love it. Uh, it's, it's just, it's actually, it's getting better and better and better. And, and I absolutely absolutely love it but as I share all of that and you think about all of the blessings in your life and stuff I I can't help but thinking about this matter of fact I get almost a cold chill when I think about this what about the future I have kid most of my kids are, are heading towards the 40-ish so I have, I have 13 grandkids and they're at all different ages I think about them often and all these things that I've been able to enjoy, national parks and, and hunting everywhere and fishing and going places and, and to, a, to a family cabin and all of these things and traveling, this church and the, you know, just what an awesome place it is and, and park right out here, invite everybody to it. Will my grandchildren be able to enjoy all these things? I mean, I really do think about it. It weighs on me sometimes, and I, I almost get panicked when I think about the future and all these great things that we have. And will, what will it look like? What will the United States of America look like? What will church look like in the future, even in five years or in ten years? And I, I think this whole idea, as a matter of fact, we, we think about like what's happening for the future, I, I think we need to understand the benefits of what we have and how great it is. Democracy is an amazing thing that we've, most of us have got to enjoy. And I think democratic capitalism is some people have said it's one of the last great ideas our world has ever had is democratic capitalism, the United States of America. I know even when I th say the word capitalism, some people push back. I, I realize that if you're there, I, I don't, uh, I know we're going to disagree, but 
as I see it, and I just look at history and I look at around the world, that it, it just appears this is an experiment anymore. It appears to me that socialism doesn't really work economically. Uh, and that's not just an opinion. It just seems to be around the world. We can see that it has, communism certainly doesn't work. Capitalism seems to be the, the way to go. As a matter of fact, democratic capitalism in the United States has produced more stuff than any other system in the world. Democratic capitalism has brought more people out of poverty than every other economic system in the world. It's just a fact. Now, are there parts about capitalism that we don't like? Yeah, there can be a, a danger there of the person with more money taking advantage of the person with less money. I get that. There is that. That's why it's been said. Capitalism is the best economic system only if morality is attached to it. If you remove morality from capitalism, it can be oppressive and, and, and hurtful. The person with a lot taking advantage of the person with none. But I, don't, I, I personally would rather work on the moral part of it than go to, why don't everybody just be poor? I, I don't understand that one. Maybe I'm going too far here. But democracy, the value of it is amazing. I heard, uh, I listen to KQ morning show most of the time. And uh, don't worry, I'm still going to heaven. Um, Tom Bernard is uh, not a Christian. Uh, he's, he's a pretty wise thinker, but you know, he's not a Christian. So he's a, but, but here's the thing. Last uh, October, last October, it was often, wherever you went, I mean, TV, radio, it was all these political ads. It, it was everywhere, right? We're, we all get sick of political ads. We, we all do. And I'd be, political ads would be better if they just wouldn't tell me how much the other guy is bad, you know? Just tell me what you do. But they don't. They tell you. So we're all sick of it. So Tom Bernard on a morning show a few times, but, but one particular morning he said, I am sick of this political stuff. I think all politicians are liars and all that, whatever. That was his opinion. But, Another person on the morning show, his name is Brian Zepp. Maybe you know him, maybe you don't or know of him. But Brian Zepp said this during that show, and I'm listening to it. Tom Bernard says all this, and then Brian Zepp says this. He said, I don't care. He said, I really don't have any one way or the other. I don't care which political party wins. I don't care. And this is why. Listen, he said this. He said, because it doesn't affect my life. Really? Maybe you think that. Maybe it doesn't matter if there's a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter what president we have. My life just keeps going the way it is, and it doesn't really affect my life. Brian Zepp said it doesn't affect my life. And I thought, that's so true. Let's think about this just for a minute. Does it affect our life? Who's in power? Does it affect our life? Like what ideology or what laws or whatever is going on? I'll tell you this. I believe it affects everything in our life. It affects the prices. It affects inflation. It affects, uh, it affects uh, the economy. It, it affects morality. It affects world trade. It affects uh, business. It, it affects everything that we do. You and I in our everyday lives, it will affect us. Will it be direct? Will it happen that day? No. But policies that are made, laws that are made, affect our life. And it affects this. 
It affects where we go. In democracy, in capitalism, in the things that America, that you and I are used to, that has produced so much. And Is America perfect? No, absolutely not. But it's pretty darn good. America has helped the world. Where would the world be without America? America's done so much. And I think who we vote for and what direction we have, it, it, it affects it so incredibly much. This, our politics are so vital. If you and I think, like we're a Brian Zepp, if we just think, it doesn't really matter, I don't really care who's president, it doesn't really affect my life, I would beg you to reconsider. Because our politics, what we vote for, what direction we want to go as a country, will affect everything. It will. This is so important. If you are not in tune to politics, you need to be. Because it's extremely important for our lives, but especially for the future. Hugely important. As a matter of fact, I would say it's number one importance, except there's one that beats it. It's number two. Number one is Christianity. Christianity is the most valuable, the most important thing in our life. And I know that many people aren't Christians, and I understand that there's other religions. Around. I understand that maybe everybody isn't going to agree with this. I get that. But I, want, I would ask you to just ponder and think about it. Christianity is the only religion in the world that is not performance-based. Christianity has, is the, the only leader of a religion. Jesus Christ Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Buddha never said that. Muhammad, 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 Muhammad. No, there's no other religious leader ever said, I am God. I am the way to eternal life. All religions teach Here's the way to God. Here's the way to life. If you live right, if you sacrifice enough, if you're kind enough, if you give enough, if you're godly enough, that maybe someday you can be with Allah. You can do that. I mean, that's what Christianity is about this. It's so separate from everything else that God so loved the world, people, that He gave. He didn't command. He didn't make. He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. He said that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. We got enough of that. He came to the world to rescue the world, to save the world from our own behaviors so that we can know God. Christianity is the most awesome awesome thing in the world. It's, there's nothing more important than this. These two things, Christianity and democratic capitalism or democracy, they are very valuable. They are most important. They, they are so valuable for our lives. As a matter of fact, I want you to just ponder something for a second here, just for a few minutes, to think about this. What if we didn't have these? I, I'm serious. You think that's impossible, but what if we didn't have these? What if you and I didn't have Christianity? What if we didn't have the United States of America, democracy and capitalism? Where would we be? 
What if there was no America? What if there was no America? It's only been around for 245 years. What if it wasn't? Where would our lives be? What would it look like? What would we be doing? Assume that we lived in China. Now you could pick anywhere. They're all the same, kind of. But what if we lived in China? China's probably the world's superpower now, probably economically and militarily. China's probably more powerful than the United States right now, so why don't we go live in China? I think sometimes we don't really get it. If you and I lived in China today, we're so used to America, we're so used to our freedom that you know, we just think, well, we would demand it, I would do whatever. No, you won't. You'd be thrown in jail or killed. In China, you can't live wherever you want to live. Look it up. If you're born in North Branch in China, there's probably no North Branch. If you were born here, you cannot live outside of a few miles of where you were brought up. They don't want any like intermingling. Or if you grew up in the city, or if you were born in the city, that's where you stay. You don't go real. If you were born here, that's where you stay. It is illegal for the rest of your life to ever move away from where you were born. That's your life. That's your lot in life. That's where you stay. Even in 2021, you cannot move outside of where you were. As a matter of fact, you need permission from the government to go somewhere for three days to just visit. What if we lived in China? In China, you can't say, I have an opinion about my government unless it's agreed upon by the government. There's no such thing as freedom of speech in China. In China, you can't order a Bible online. In China, you can't have access to all the internet. The government controls what you see and what you will hear and what today, right now, what if you and I lived in China? There are so many laws that if you break it, did you know in China they still they still torture uh, criminals? They still have capital punishment for criminals for a lot more crimes than what we've ever had. So what if you were born in China? What if there was no United States of America? Where would you go? To, to seek asylum, to seek freedom, to see where would you go? There's no America. Okay, how about this one? What if there was no Christianity? What if? What if you and I were forced to be Muslims? What if we, there was only one religion, we had to follow it, Islam? Do you know how that would, now I know there's some Muslims and, and maybe even a Muslim listening to this, but here's the deal, as much as I can respect you as a person, I believe with all of my heart that it is not the religion that leads to God, and I believe with all of my heart that it is very controlling, and it is, it is a horrible religion to be a part of, depending on how extreme you are or how good of a Muslim you are. But Sharia law, do you know anything about Sharia law? What if you and I had to live by Sharia law? You know, what, 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 if, what if you didn't have freedom to do whatever you wanted? You, couldn't, you had to dress a certain way, you had to do, or else you would be punished and even still to this day stoned to death? Women have absolutely no rights whatsoever. Like, what if you and I didn't have a choice? What if we were just had to be Muslims? What if there was no Christianity or democracy? What would we do? And then when we think about that, Follow me a little bit further. One more step. Why do we have these? Why do we have? 
Why are you and I so blessed to have these? Is it because, well, America is God's favorite and He just put His blessing on it? Like, I don't believe that one. Why do we, why do we have these? We're just lucky. How do you like that? Lucky. We're, we're just lucky. What? We have these two most important things in our life for a reason. It's not luck. It's not just God's blessing. We have them for a reason. And that reason is this. There are people before us who knew that there was a cause more important than me. I want to say that again. The reason you and I have America, Christianity, is because there are people that went before us that understood that there is a cause more important than their own life. That knew that there is something more valuable than my comfort. There is something greater than, than what I want in life. As a matter of fact, you've probably heard this uh, quote before from John Adams, one of the signers, uh, one of our forefathers. It was just amazing. Uh, and if you know any history, which most of us do, about the incredible sacrifice that these people made, Listen to what he says. Posterity. You will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. You and I will probably never comprehend having money, having farms, having homes, having families, being successful, and putting every bit of it at risk. Every bit of it. For most, losing it all, even losing their lives. You and I can read about it, but we'll probably never comprehend the sacrifice that they made. And he says, to preserve your freedom, listen to this, I hope you will make good use of it. Have you ever just thought about that? Am I making good use of the freedom that other people gave me? He goes on and he says, if you do not, from his perspective, just writing this about, uh, uh, about uh, posterity, he says this, If you do not, I shall repent in heaven that I even took half the pains to preserve it. I will think, if you don't take good care of this thing called freedom, I will say to myself in heaven, which probably can't happen, but he's going to say, I wish I wouldn't have gave half of what I gave for it. If you're going to just waste it, if you're not going to take advantage of it, if you're not going to use it, if you're not going to perpetuate it, then it's probably a waste. There are people who understood that there's a cause more important than me or my life. We get one life in this earth. One life. I was reading stories of, there's a lot of wars in our history, but of World War II, World War I and World War II. I was moved by how many young men gave their lives for this thing called freedom. Of how much they gave. How people understood that even though I'm 17 years old, even though I have my whole life to live and I could stay here on the farm and I could have a good life and I could go to Friday night dances and you know I could get married and I could have kids and I could really enjoy my life. But how many of them knew there was a cause bigger than me going to a Friday night dance and enjoying the rest of my life. 
that so many young men, and this is amazing, story after story of them who not only volunteered to go across the ocean and fight some dictator that wanted to take over the world, killing millions and millions of people, that that cause is worth my life. Not only that, but even lying about their age so that they could get to do this. Not trying to avoid the draft, not trying to find a place to escape to, not a place where, hey, I'd rather go vacation, but actually being motivated by this cause is way bigger than me. I will give myself to it because the future depends on it. And not just, not just with America, but our Christianity. Why do we have Christianity today? Because Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead. That's the main reason. But how do, you not, how do you and I know about it? How come you and I in 2021 in Minnesota know about Christianity? And it comes down to this. It's because there were people before us that knew that there was a cause more important than their own life. If there weren't people like this, you and I would not know about Christianity today, even though Jesus died 2,000 years ago. We would never know. We wouldn't experience God. But it's because of people like this, thinking about the future, understood this. I love the Apostle Paul says this, and as he was uh, kind of finishing up his missionary journeys, he was going back, to Jerusalem, he says this, he says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. He knew that. There, there were prophets, people would tell him, he felt the Holy Spirit telling him that, hey, as you go back to Jerusalem, you know, which, which he felt compelled to do, but he said, hey, trouble's awaiting you. The Holy Spirit's telling me trouble's awaiting I don't know what the trouble's going to be, but it's hardship, maybe imprisonment, that this, this is facing me. I don't, I'm glad I haven't been put to this test, I'll be honest with you, because I wonder about the selfishness in me would say, wait a minute, if going there means hardship, maybe I'll go this way. Maybe I'll let somebody else do it. Maybe I should preserve my own life. Maybe I should get a little hut in Mexico and just enjoy the beach. I mean, that's where I'd be, you know, that's like, those thoughts are natural. But he understood that there's a cause bigger, more important, more valuable for the future than his own life or his own comfort. He goes on and he says, My, uh, he says, however, even though this is facing me, however, I pray to God that I could have this passion and this resolve. I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's not about how comfortable I can be. It's not about where I can go. It's not about this cause. It's bigger than my comfort, my relaxation, my pleasure. He says, Nothing is more important to me than my only aim is to finish the race and compete and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. It, my, this mission, th this is bigger than me. My prayer, my motivation, I don't care what you do to me, I don't care if it costs my life, what I must do is tell people about this mission, about Jesus Christ, so that the future will know about this. So that they will understand and they will get it. This idea of a cause more important than me. We live, we're pretty spoiled, aren't we? I mean, we, come on, I'm not pointing fingers, aren't we? This would mean yes. Ken R. There's a Chinese proverb, many of you have heard it before. It says this One generation plants trees. The next generation enjoys the shade. 
One generation plants trees. The next generation enjoys the shade. Don't you feel like we've been enjoying the shade for a long time? I think so. I know I have. We've been enjoying the shade of the people that went before us and gave everything they have so you and I could know Christianity and be Christians. The people that went before us to give everything they had so you and I could have democratic capitalism, the greatest system the world has ever known, so that you and I can have it. And so often we've been just enjoying the shade of this. As a matter of fact, our attitudes can be sometimes that we're so used to enjoying the shade, we just complain when somebody threatens it. I don't want to plant any trees, mind you, but I do want to enjoy the shade. And most of us, we get very upset when we see Christianity being threatened and taken away because we feel we have a right to the shade. Do we have a right to the shade? It's nothing we did. Generations before us, we should be thankful to them. But my, what challenges me is, Thinking about the future, what will the future have? Isn't that going to depend on whether I believe in a cause greater than me? That I will be planting trees for the next generation? The attitude of Christians, I mean, we all don't have this, but I would hope that this would become all of our attitude. I think this is, this is a natural response or direction from Christian people. He says, for Christ's love compels us to not just sit in the shade. It compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What he's saying is this, that we know Christ's love. We don't get selfish with it. Christians in America, I'm not trying to be too condemning, I'm just trying to say, let's shine a light on this, that we as Christians in America, we just want to enjoy Christ's love. I want to enjoy Christ's love. I want to enjoy the shade of the apostles and all, all of the martyrs that went before us in the first century, all the people that have given their lives so that we could be Christians, all the people that have given their lives so that we could have freedom to be Christians. And I just want to enjoy the shade. I want to enjoy Christ's love. And I'm not really motivated to not live for myself, but for the future, so that they will know Christ's love, so that they will have freedom to practice their Christianity Think about, I mean, I ask myself the question, do I spend more of my time enjoying the shade or am I thinking about the future? Am I planting trees for these two most important things to happen? And when, she, when Shaheen brought up this series about Christian politics, you know, there's a fear in the world today about don't talk about politics. The world will tell us. Don't talk about these two things in public. Just don't. 
I wonder if it's made us so afraid that we just run into the shade and say, I got my rights, don't take them away, but, I, but I'm afraid or I'm not going to do anything for the future. And wherever we are politically, and I, I know that we'll never all be on the same page, but I think we need to look at this. And I know Shaheen's afraid to tell you who to vote for, but I'm not, okay? So listen carefully. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You and I need to be aware that there is a political, two political directions and polls in our country, maybe more than two, but two main ones. I did it again. Did somebody do that? Okay, can we all see this? Look at that one. Okay. I, I, I sometimes wonder this, and I'm so afraid to say this even without being offensive, but we need to just be aware that depending on where our politics go, it's going to either make it easier for Christianity to stay or harder. There, there, is, a, 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 there is a movement in our country, one direction, I'm going to say this one, one direction that really is working hard, and we need to be aware of this, no matter how it's cloaked, no matter how it looks, no matter how nice it is, that really has a direction of hindering and stopping Christianity because we are going to favor some groups over others, where some groups are going to have more rights than the average person. That is against our Constitution. That aren't we supposed to be all treated the same? That it doesn't matter what religion you are, you can be Muslim if you want to be an American. I'm behind it 100%. And you can be a Buddhist if you want to in America. It's called freedom. And you can be a Christian in America if you want to. But there is a poll that says, no, let's, let's pull back on the Christian thing. It's too offensive. It's a religion. Shouldn't we? Be? There, there's one, there, and there's one that's for, hey, listen, I, freedom is freedom for everybody. There is a system. There's, there's two directions for America. And, some, and, and, and uh, listen, your economic thing, I just say look at it, but there, there is definitely a direction of, of a party in America or that direction that definitely wants to see the United States of America become socialist. Or even, I mean, even worse than that, but that really wants socialist. And, and you know what? I understand everybody has a respect... Everybody has a right to their opinion and all that. I get that. But if you're that, or, or if you don't realize that that's the direction one party is going, we need to be informed because there's another direction that's trying to keep capitalism going. But we need to have morality with it too. I, I know, I'm really dancing around the thing here. Ain't I? Listen, uh, I'll, I'll come to a conclusion. We, I, I believe that we have to give ourselves to planting trees politically and spiritually. And there is one political direction that is going to make it easier for Christianity to flourish, and there's one that's not. I would beg you not to encourage that if you are a Christian. I would beg you not to do that. If you and I are... If you and I are, are so dissatisfied to think we have a right to enjoy the shade and all we do is just get angry at people trying to take our shade away, I want to tell you it is our obligation 
It is our responsibility to plant trees for the future where your children and grandchildren are going to live is going to be determined by whether you and I believe that there is a cause or causes bigger or more important than our own lives. Let's pray. Father, I know it's so many things to say and I'm being so careful, but yet I want to say so much. I think everybody here feels it. You know, Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of us, motivate us. I think just this one thing, no matter what we go with this, is this one thing. Father, may each one of us feel the conviction that there is a purpose, there is a mission, there are things more important than my pleasure, my comfort, and my life. There are some things worth giving our lives to so the future can have some shade. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.